0: Jewish audio on Chabad.org Hilchai Ismail Shisha begins by telling us that the achrayis, the responsibility of the payment of a debt, lays on the borrower up until when the money is received in the hands of the lender. Now, what were it to happen if a borrower sends a shliach that the borrower appointed, please take this money and give it to the give it to the lender give it to the uh, Malva. Interestingly, the borrower may no, may no longer call the shliach back. Yet, since the lender was not the one that sent the shliach, that debt is not viewed to have been paid until it enters the hands of the Malva, which means that if the money gets lost on the way, the loyva, the borrower, is still chayiv to pay back the debt. The Ramam speaks about cases where you have three parties involved, Limushal when Reuven owes money to Shimon and Shimon owes money to Levi if all three are present and Shimon tells Levi listen I know that I owe you money but that same amount of money is owed to me by Reuven how about me paying my debt not by giving you Levi money that I owe you but by me transferring the choiv that Reuven has to me now Reuven owes it to you and Levi accept it the Maimot and when all three are present, then theoretically Shimon can remove himself from the picture. Shimon no longer owes the money because he paid, so to say, his Balkhaif by transferring Ruven's debt to Shimon directly to Levi. Having said that, if while they made this agreement, Ruven then was poor and then unable to pay back, not to Shimon, not to Levi, then we consider disagreement to be a mistaken agreement. And now Levi can go back and collect the money from Shimon. However, if during the time of the agreement, Ruven was Taka able to pay, since Levi consented, this is considered as if Shimon Taka paid his debt by giving him the chayiv that Ruven has to him. And even if later Ruven becomes impoverished and he's unable to pay, Shimon is no longer chayiv in achrayis. The Ramam speaks about scenarios Le-Mushel, where you have a storekeeper. That is giving credit to a balabas. Normally, the credit is given because the members of the house of this, ba- of this balabas is buying produce. It's being recorded on the ledger of the chenveni. And then, when there's an accumulation of a debt, the chenveni collects it from the balabas. In other words, the chenveni is familiar with, accustomed to giving credit to this balabas and his family. What happens if the balabas, Lamashal has a worker? and he owes the worker a mana and he doesn't have the cash flow and he tells the chenveni, please lay out the mana for me. What were to happen if the chenveni later claims, I laid out that mana, now give it back to me. And the worker claims they never received it. The halacha there will be is that as long as the chenveni and the worker are in the presence, one of the other, each one has to swear backing up their claim and each one will get payment from the Baal Abayis. Hilchais Malva V'loiva Pedik Shiva Asar is speaking about scenarios where the lender passed away, the Malva passed away, and the Yarshim of the Malva are collecting the debt either from the Loiva or from the Yarshim of the Loiva. Now, we learned a few chapters ago that when a person has a documented debt, even though the other party, the borrower, cannot say parati, because the very fact that the lender has a document is proof that the loan was not yet paid, if the borrower will insist, will demand, all right, I'll pay you, but swear that I did not pay you until now, then he's able to be machayev, the lender with that shvor. Okay, now let's move on over here. If the Malva passed away, that's the beginning of this chapter, and the children of the Malva, indeed, through this document, are collecting money directly from the loyvem, And the chanami, the loyve cannot say parati because they have a document. The type of oath that we just mentioned, swear that you did not receive payment is an oath that they cannot make because they are the sons of the lender. They cannot swear bevadai that their father never got payment, but there is a similar type of oath that they have to make, which is that they swear that we never heard from our father, not directly nor indirectly through a third party, that this debt was paid. In other words, we never found a receipt from our father that this debt was paid. As far as we know, this debt is unpaid. That oath is enough of an oath for the Yer hamalva to collect. Furthermore, even now, next step, what happens if the loyva passes away? So if the loyva would have been alive, only when the loyva demands for such an oath to be made, will the lender have to make such an oath. Once the collection is coming, Mi Yarshe Haloiva and will always demand of the Malva or of the Yorshe Hal Malva to make the oath. And now let's put it all together. So, what's gonna happen if both the Malva and the Loiva passed away? So Avada, if the Malva passed away initially. Which means that when he passed away, Lav he would bakal be chaived to make such an oath. Because when the loiva is alive, only if the loiva asks for the oath to be made is there such a khiyov. So later, so so therefore, no problem he's able to collect. yarsha Malva can collect it from the yarsha That's all if the Malva passed away first. But if the Loiva passed away first, and as we said, if the Loiva passes away, Bazdan will always demand of the Malva to make that oath. Problem is, is that the type of oath that the Malva is to make that oath cannot be made by his heirs? It's a different type of oath. And using the words of the Rambam, there's a cloud that ain't Adam Shvua lebanov. And therefore, the Rambam says, even though the Rambam acknowledges that there's a debate about it, that if the Loiva was the one that passed away first and then the Malva passes away, even though the Yarshe Malva have a document, they will not be able to be Goiva the Khoyiv. The Rambam also speaks about in the chapter. What happens if the the currency that's mentioned in the document is still vague? The mushal we gave is dollars are owed. Well, there's US dollars, there's Australian dollars, there's Canadian dollars, so and and each one has a different value. So if the makaim of the loan is documented in the star, which is ideal, then you follow that currency of that place. But if the place was not documented. Then you follow the place where the collection is being made. <laughs> Hilchay's Malva paid a Asar speaks about the Shibud that automatically goes on the properties of the borrower when a loan is documented. And here is the Sayyidid. Unless specified otherwise, as we'll explain soon, if stomp, there's a loan that's documented, all of the Nachasim of the Loiva are automatically Meshubed leaned to this loan. All of it means even though that mido only his karka is mashubad, but as we already spoke out above, that midrabanan his metalthalin as well. Now the lien when the when the collection begins, the the, the lender goes to the loiva. Obviously, if the loiva has money, shalom al Yisrael. If the loiva doesn't have money, then the next go-to would be to the metaltolin of the loiva. If the loiva doesn't have metaltolin or enough metaltolin to cover the debt, then you go to the karka that is still under the dominium the possession of the loiva and you collect the money however if the loiva mamash has nothing not metallin nor karka so the karka that the loiva owned when the document was written even if that was sold to purchasers here we have the din of to be Toyreif that the lender is able to expropriate it to take it away even the yad al-l-kurs. Metaltolin, by default, cannot be taken by the lokoches unless they wrote in the loan document, he wrote that all of my metaltolin, agav karka, are also leaned to the to this debt. Then he's even able to be toirev, the metaltolin. Another rule, by default, only the things that the loiva owns during the time of the loan are going to be leaned to the loan. Uh, items, whether it's karka or metaltalin, that the loiva will come will buy later, even though he still owes the money, won't be lean to the loan. But there are other ways still of writing in the document that not only is that which you owe now lean, but everything that you'll own in the future. There's a way to be Mashabed, the karka of the future, and even a way of being Mashabed, the metaltalin of the future. Atkan, everything that we said until now was only when there is a loan that's written stump. In other words, we did not specify in the document, a specific item belonging to the borrower that's linked. But if there is a loan and you have a apoytike, an apoytike means that there is a specific item. That was agreed upon by both parties that from there he will make a collection. That Amam speaks about two types of apothecus. One is where you write regarding a piece of property or a metaltolin, you write the words mikan tigbu, from this you'll collect. That only means that the lender goes first to that item. But if that item is not available, then he can collect from something else. However, if the 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 Apoetika was written in a way where they wrote in the document that lo ye loi then indeed nothing else, nothing else is leaned. The only thing that's leaned is that property and the gavaldika details that if then the, the the borrower is gonna be magdeshit or if it was an evit he was going to be Mishrahrit that act of Hegdish and Shikhrur is Mathkiya the Shibud. A new document has to be written with a new date and other details as the Ramam specifies inside this page.